0: Bonjour fans, bienvenue to episode 4 of Women's Baseball The Inside Pitch. Now there is a really good reason why I'm speaking French, yes butchering, I'm sorry, but it's because today I welcome Canadian National Women's Team member Daphne Jelena to the show. 24-year-old Daphne hails from Quebec City, which is located in Canada's most French-speaking Quebec province. Now, many of you would know Daphne from her stunning bomb in the bronze medal game at the 2018 World Cup, where, if you don't know the story, with her team down 2-0 to the USA in the fifth inning, well, you know what? You're just gonna have to listen to the podcast to hear her tell you the story of the game from her eyes. Now, in addition to the 2018 World Cup, we talk all things women's baseball and Canada, how she got started, teaser. She's actually a lefty who decided to switch so she could catch. She talks about juggling training in sub-zero degree temperatures, including waiting for the snow to clear. And of course, we talk more about the Canadian women's baseball team and her rise through the ranks. Uh, And we just generally talk more women's baseball. So enjoy. (music) Daphne Jeliner, thank you very much for joining me on Women's Baseball The Inside Pitch. Thanks for the invite. Now, I was going to introduce you in French, and I'm really scared to, but I'm going to give it a go. And this is as good as I I think I did one semester of French when I was about 12. So forgive me if this is an absolute butcher. Um, Bonjour, bienvenue, baseball feminine, sur terrain, terrier. Is that close? That's close. That's pretty good. (laughs) So how, how would you say it if you were welcoming someone to the podcast? I would just say, um,
1: in French, I would say, uh, Bienvenue uh, au podcast. Uh, merci de te joindre à nous. Okay, there you go.
0: I'll use that as my opener. I won't use mine.
1: So it's <laughs> like, uh, thanks for being here and welcome to the podcast.
0: Perfect. Well, okay. I think I might go back to French, learn a little bit more <laughs> French, and I'll, I'll try and be better next time. Look, can you tell me where whereabouts you're talking to us from today?
1: Uh, here I'm in Quebec City, so yeah, in Canada. I've lived in Montreal my whole life, and now I moved to Quebec City. Uh, but yeah, it's really close, two hours drive, and yeah, I've always been in Quebec.
0: I think for all of us who are obsessed with with baseball, there's there's very very rarely a day that you don't have baseball or physical training. Um, what did you get in today? What was your baseball today?
1: T-ball, mostly T-ball. So that's, I, I always work with that. I think the T-ball is my best friend. Um, it's a, it, it can sound very simple. And if I, I, I would tell my boys team, hey, I'm using the T-ball, they're going to say, oh, not again. I don't want to do that. I want to have live balls. But I think T-ball is the best thing to really work on your swing. Because the ball is not moving, I can place it anywhere I want, so if I just want to work on my hips, it's easier to separate the movement from my hand, my hips, my feet, and make sure I do the right thing, and then to reproduce this again and again and again to make sure it's perfect, so when I actually go and there's a live ball, I can do that same movement. Uh, so yeah, I'm doing lots of T-ball. <laughs> if you ask me during the week when I'm not with my, with my team, uh, either it's grounders or it's t-ball. Uh, t-ball.
0: That is so awesome to hear. It's so awesome that somebody in a, a national team is still using the T as much as I used to. Everyone knows how much I, I love the T. It was a huge part of my, my training. So that's so cool to hear, but I take you back. Earlier than that, I want to know how did Daphne Jelliner get started in in baseball in, in Montreal where you grew up? I love hearing the stories of how girls and women... Find baseball, how they brought into it. It's really unique, and it's always a, it's a really interesting story. So, what, what's Daphne's story?
1: Well, I first uh, started to play baseball when I was really young because of my brother. My brother was playing baseball all summer. He was going to the park with my dad, and I just wanted to be part of the group. So at first, I was just running around for all the baseball he hit and the outfield. And then I got to hit a bit, started to like it, and I asked to play in the league. So. It started quiet like that, and I just never stopped playing.
0: And how old were you when that all started? I was four. Do you remember what it was like when you were four? What was it that you loved about it? Uh,
1: Honestly, I don't remember all of it. I mostly remember when I was going to the park with my dad and my brother because I was having so much fun. And then I remember having some friends and being there with the group, just having fun hitting. Uh, Back then, it was with the t-ball. So it, it, was, it was fun. You just don't miss the ball. You hit it and you're hanging out there. And what I remember is I was one of the only players actually playing. When I was in the outfield, I was just there for the ball. And the other players were just at the sand and, you know, talking and doing other stuff. So that I remember. <laughs> so focused, so
0: early. I love it. Um, how many girls w- were playing when you were that old?
1: When I was young, there was no girls playing. So, I don't know if you remember Vanessa Riopelle. Yes. She used to be a, a player for the national team a couple years ago. Yeah, she came out and played in Australia. Yeah, so we were at uh, the same place. I grew up in the same place as she was. So, her, was uh, she was a model for me back then. She was playing, but that was the only other girl playing in the in the city. So, yeah, I was playing only with boys, and when I... Hit about 12, 13 years old. I started to play with the Team Quebec team. So this team was only girls, but that was the first time that I got introduced to other girls. So mostly we were one each, two in the league. I
0: look in. I look down the box score, and you you bat you bat left, but you throw right. Is that correct? Now correct. From what I'm, I'm hearing a rumor that that's not quite always the case. Tell me. <laughs> tell me what did you start how did you start playing baseball
1: as I'm lefty and everything I do my parents just bought me a lefty glove and I used to play for a couple time with uh, always my lefty's hand and when I got to the level that um, you know there was no lefty in leagues and I wanted to be catchers but there was no lefty catchers so then I taught my parents that if I can get to be catcher, they can just buy me a righty glove, and then I can be catcher. So that's when I I really made the switch. But I remember just being in the backyard with my brother, and sometimes had my glove, sometimes had his glove, and just make sure to have both hands. But as of right now, I wouldn't throw
0: on lefty's hand. <laughs> I can. That was my that was my next question. Am I going to see you on the mound at the next World Cup, throwing right, throwing left?
1: Uh no, there is no chance. Well, I can take the ball and make a good throw like I'm gonna throw it to you if you're on second base and it's gonna be there not so hard but there <laughs> but uh yeah definitely I got more practice in my right hand
0: <laughs> playing playing with boys or men and playing girls is really really different and it's sometimes hard like I love playing with men I love playing with women what was uh, I guess the first time you started playing with girls what was the thing that was different that you sort of loved or if you can explain
1: I remember when I, the first time I got to, into in Quebec, uh, I really liked the fact that I had other girls to hang out with, so talking about the same things, just being there as a group and seeing each other as a friend and not just as a teammate, so that I really enjoyed it. And it was the first time that I actually got the same kind of competition with other players, so I'm going to be honest, I don't throw the same ball as a man's going to throw, it's going to be harder. It's going to be faster. So it was nice for me to actually have some competition and be around with, with other girls. I really liked it.
0: <laughs> did, did you find that playing with the boys, some, some days it was, I remember playing, well, I still play men's, but some days it's so hard and it, it. it You walk away and you go, why am I playing this? Because you struck out or you got thrown out by half the line. But that's the whole point of playing. It makes, particularly players who play in the national team, it makes you better. Did you find that really made you better and step up when you played men's?
1: Uh, Yeah, actually, if I had to do that all over again and having the choice to be with the girls team at such a young age or be with the boys, I will still go the same path that I had to play with boys and women's. Uh, I think that when you play with boys, you different, you develop different abilities that you do with women, and, you know, with the boys now, it's just like a big, big old family, they're, they consider me as my little, uh, as their little sister, so every time if I go out and I, made, I make a mistake, they come back and they're like, hey, Daph, it's all right, we got your back, if we know it was a hard shot, and next time you're gonna get it, so... Uh, They're really there for me and I think that being there and playing with boys who might be pitching harder and hitting harder just got me prepared for the national team and the the other level that I, I would like to have in my game.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm exactly the same. I, I wouldn't change it either. As I said, it's some some games you walk away and you're just like, oh my goodness, I'm terrible. But then you realise why you're doing it all. And it's, yeah, it does make you a better player. Uh, but you, you're still playing at the moment girls and or, or women's and men's at the same time?
1: Yeah, uh, for now I have uh, my boys team and, and Quebec City. So it's a senior team. So it's basically 23 and older. And there's uh, two other girls in that team. Uh, I don't know if you know Jessica Berube. She used to play for the national team also. So she's playing in the team with me, and there's another girl there. So it's kind of a mix-up with women's and boys. I really like that. And I still play with uh, Team Quebec right now, so only women's group.
0: And how about your brother and your dad? Are they still playing?
1: (laughs) Well, my dad always wants to play with me. Uh, I'm going to be honest, I live far away from him. Uh, it's two hours drive, as I said earlier. But if I call him and say, hey, dad, uh, I'm having a free day. Do you want to go and throw or hit? He's going to be in the group for sure. <laughs> and my my brother, he stopped playing a long time ago. But it's the same thing. If I call them to let them, let them know that I need them to practice or do something, I'm, I'm sure they're going to be there.
0: I did a bit of research on Quebec City and I see that your coldest month is January and you average about minus 12 degrees. Now, to me, that is, for us, that is absolutely freezing. (laughs) Now, that must mean snow. Yeah. Now, how, I mean, we get, here in Melbourne at the moment, if it's raining on a Saturday, we're like, we don't want to play. It's too cold. You have snow. So how much of the season do you lose or how much of a year are you not, A, not able to go outside, but be not able to train properly.
1: I got to say that uh, we do adapt with the snow and the cold temperatures. So um, there's a new facility in Quebec City, which is an inside stadium. So actually, if I want to go there and train, I just text the coaches and ask them for a spot to, uh, to practice there or play a game. Obviously, it's not the same thing. So it's like a big dome. So if I hit the ball too high, well, too bad, it's going to come down and (laughs) we don't play that balls, but at least you get to do something and play the real game. And we just do most training on our own. So uh, basically we train a lot inside in gyms um, uh, on the trainings and... As soon as the snow fades away, we go out and play. So I remember a couple of times this summer uh, this winter, sorry, um going outside with my toque with my hoodie and just heading with gloves because it was too cold. So when it's about zero, if there's not too much snow we still go out. We're 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 gonna be careful with her arms not to get hurt, but we're still going. So
0: zero is your benchmark. <laughs> wow that's that's impressive i remember
1: (laughs) mornings that were a bit colder but (laughs) you got to do what it takes like if one day we want to be the best in the world and actually beat other teams well if it's minus three minus four or 20 degrees outside we have to get the the job uh, the job done sorry
0: no i understand that as well and you think about if you're not training someone someone else in the world is could be training yeah. You say that you train on your own um currently or you, you you train don't you don't train with the girls you have regular training sessions or is it just really kind of when when you can get your training sessions in?
1: Um it's changing a bit right now with the Quebec Teams program. So as of right now we play more game together so we try to see each other three times per week uh, even though we're from different places in Quebec City. Um but when I don't get the chance to go there because I am actually working, so it's not always easy to go on a Thursday morning, do four hours drive to play a baseball game with them. So when I cannot do that, I just try to do more work at home and go to the field, find some friends to go pitch, hit some balls. So we do get sometimes together to play as a team, but the mostly the the, the, the most of the time we practice on our own.
0: So Quebec City is on the uh, eastern side, I guess, of Canada. Yeah. Uh, and how many women's teams do you have in Quebec City? And, and and if you do know, how many leagues or teams are there scattered across Canada in women's baseball?
1: The, this year is a big year for Team Quebec uh, for Quebec women's baseball. Um, the the Quebec program started the Women Ontario League. So it's the first time we're gonna have that. So actually, we're gonna have teams that gonna play against each other, but only women's. And it's the first time that we're gonna have that. We actually never had that. Like, we had a couple women's group and women's team playing against boy, but this time is the first year that they're actually gonna have a league of their own. So playing girls against girl. Um, as of right now, I think there's thirteen team for. I think 14 and under, 16 and under, and 17 and under. But I cannot guarantee these numbers are right because it's changing a lot because it's in development right now. But this is a a big step for the start this summer. So I think it's going to get better and better for younger players. And yeah, we're going to get stronger for sure.
0: Now, in honor of talking to you, I'm actually wearing my Team Canada
1: my team. Yeah, that's a really good t-shirt. I got mine here somewhere.
0: <laughs> I love this hoodie, even though it's Team Canada. Um, but we, we go to Team Canada. What what was it? How old were you when you realized or someone tapped you on the shoulder and said, yeah, I reckon I reckon you're good enough for the national team? Um, what was that moment and, and, and how did it progress from there?
1: Um, I think the first time that I actually think it could be something possible is Uh, When I went to Cuba's camp, I don't know if you heard about that, but uh, the national program with Andrea as head coach is making a kind of youth program for younger girls that can actually be good at an international level. So every February, we're going to Cuba. Well, not now. Now I'm too old. But there's younger groups of players around 12 and 16 that go to Cuba with uh, Andrea and other coaches just to develop the youngest players and they get to play against a Cuban team. And I got that invite when I was 13, I think. And my parents said, yes, uh, go and have fun there. And I think that's when I really realized I could have some chances because I went there and I actually had a good week there, had good numbers and uh, I was able to compete against my team and against the other team. So I think that's the moment I just realized that if I keep pushing harder, that I could actually do something. But, you know, there's a difference between that kind of group, which is really young, and the real national team, which at that time was really uh, old, I would say. But... When I say that, I mean the player were there almost since 2004, 2006. So it's, it gets really intimidating to say, oh, I'm going to try to have my place at shortstop. When you know that that shortstop been there for seven years. So that's the first time I got the hint.
0: Before we go on, tell me what it was like as a 13 year old going over to Cuba to play baseball. What was that like?
1: It was very huge for me and I did really enjoy that experience and I had the chance to go back a couple of times after that moment but it was really big for me and I, I consider myself very lucky to have that chance because at that time I get to be with three or four uh, national coach program so I'm gonna have quality comments on my playing and I'm gonna take that for sure and I also get to know other players that I don't normally get to know like people in BC I I don't see them often and I get to I get familiar with all these players and with the language too (laughs) it was my first time talking in English and having coaches talking to me in English so I think it just develops lots of you and I was very fortunate to have these moments when I was younger
0: and you talk about the English and the French. We, for years, playing Canada, we always heard about half the team speaks French and half the team s- speaks English. In Australia, we just te- talk Australian and it's, sometimes it's harder to understand. And again, I hope you can understand me today. But you, you, yeah, you've got like this, you're playing for the same country and you're speaking two different languages. What, how hard is that? And what are the, some of the things that you do to, to overcome that?
1: Um, the only tip, is that the Quebec people speak English. That's the best thing we can do. Uh, There are some players in our team that speak French, like barely French, but we can understand them. We can have short conversation. But uh, if we go back to the numbers in the last years, in the national team, there was about one, two, or three uh, girls from Quebec City. So we were only about three that could actually speak uh, French as their first languages. So we just learned that when we were young, that the national team is in English and start to get used to that then players are so nice with us. Like if I have questions, I go and I ask. And I'm not scared to talk in English with them because they know I'm French. If they don't understand, they're gonna ask me differently and I'm gonna try to say it differently. And Andre or the head coach that was there back in back in the time He's speak French, so if there's trails I don't understand or strategy I don't get, I'm going to ask him directly, and he's going to explain it to me. So the team is just a big family, and we don't really do the difference between, oh, she speaks English or, or she speaks French. They just try to all build the big family and work with that.
0: Okay, so you, you went to Cuba when you are 13. I'm still blown away by that. What? Uh, so you took away, you learned all that, you're exposed to those coaches. What did you do over the next few years, um, I guess, wh- when you went, okay, I want to be in that senior national team? What did you do to make um, those next steps towards the senior team?
1: Uh, so after that year, when I come back to Quebec City with my parents, uh, I took time to ask them to be in the, what we call Spallied Sud. So uh, in the morning we do baseball and in the afternoon we do school. So I asked them if I could be part of that program, but I know that it's lots of engagement for them because they have to make sure my grade is perfect or good. They have to make sure that uh, financially they can provide me to that school because I'm playing baseball every morning. And it, yeah, so I just came back home and asked them to be in that program. Obviously... They just wanted to push me, so they said yes. So for the last three years, I just spent every school day there working, out, uh, working hard every morning. So it's about th- 8 to 11 that we play baseball, and then we have school in the afternoon. So it was the best way for me to develop m- myself as a player. And we also had is, great is coaches.
0: A, so is that a, bi- a baseball school?
1: Yeah, we can say that. So uh, basically it's just a school and you have different sports programs. So if you want to play baseball in the morning, you can have baseball with your baseball group. If you want to play tennis, you're going to have the tennis group. If you want to play volleyball, you're going to have the volleyball group. So it's different. You can pick the, the sports that you want and then you just get through with the other people that wants to play that sport and you have to, as I said earlier, you have you need to have the grades. So if I had under 70 in my classes, I was got kicked out. And then you do school morning at noon every time. So <laughs> did, you, if, did you ever
0: drop to under 70? Did they ever kick you out?
1: No, I did not. But I, I was very lucky because I'm not very good at maths. And I had a really good teacher that took extra time with me to make sure I understand, even though I was half of the time away with baseball, which make sure I could pass my classes over 70. So I stayed in the program, but I was lucky to have her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. So you we, were you the only girl doing that? Or is this another uh, instance where you were with boys only?
1: Uh, at that moment, we were two girls and the program. Wow. Not too bad.
0: <laughs> Take me through, I guess, the selections on how the process goes to make um, a canadian team in in australia it's been um, i guess for 20 years it's kind of varied we've had a nationals uh, every year and then a for for the majority of that time the national team came out of the nationals um, and then there was some there was letters there was emails there was phone calls there was a selection out of nationals there was some squads and then um, i guess you were selected over a 2 year period heading into world cups um, for your first national national team what was that selection process like?
1: Uh, so the first time I made the national team, uh, I think it looks similar to Australia. So we do have our national uh, championship. And then the coaches just look how you play. They've been knowing you for a couple years, no know, knowing what they're searching for their team. And after the final game, they just make uh, their decision and tell everyone who gets in the team and who doesn't. So yeah, that's how we get selected. And the first time I was selected was in uh, Granby in 2013. And I was really excited with that. It was just uh, uh, the the national team staying in Quebec City. And we had over 40 players and the Japanese came for games for about a week or two. And it was very, very cool to be part of that experience.
0: Oh, wow. And you would have been what, only 15, 16 at that that time?
1: If I remember well, I was being uh, 16.
0: 16. And you've got Japan, you've got all these Canadian legends on your team. How how nervous were you? I guess, first of all, when you got told you were selected, how excited were you and then how nervous were you? (laughs) Uh,
1: At first, I was very excited to make that team for the first time because I knew I was working hard to make that team and I knew that there's lots of big names and getting to play with the best players in the country, that's a feeling that never gets old, even... If I go right now on the World Cup, I'm gonna be amazed by the players that I can play with. So yeah, at that moment, I I just couldn't realize that I finally made make that team, and then it was just to get myself in the game and keep my head strong and confident that even though I'm playing with the best players in the country, I'm there for a reason and I I can make my my I I can make my thing works and yeah, so. Even though I was stressed, <laughs> I was trying not to show it and just stay stay concentrated and focus in my game to make sure that if I go at bat, I'm going to have a great one and I'm going to make something productive for my team.
0: Now nah, it's good. I hey, I was still nervous in my very from my very first at bat for Australia to my very <laughs> last at bat. I was nervous every single time, which I think is a good thing. You you want to be nervous. It means it means a lot. Yeah. So 2013, you you weren't selected for for 2014 that world cup no i was
1: not uh 2014 and 2015 i was uh, not on the roster i was uh, i had injuries i was not there but i came back on 2016 and i was really happy um it's not easy to get cut from a team that you've made once so when i made the team in 2013 i was really excited really happy living the best moments i could ever had and then when I, I got injured and I could not make that team and I had difficulty playing, it was really hard for me to get through that and say, yeah, even though it's been two years, I can still do something good and be out there with the team and try them to win. So, yeah, there there has been lots of ups and downs, but, yeah, at the end, I, I was able to make the team back in 2016.
0: Cheers. Which takes me to my next position. Uh, question, your position. What did you, we'll, we'll talk about your World Cups in a second, but what did you come into this squad as? What What position were you?
1: Um, I'm there as the utility player, I'm going to say. Um, so at first, when I was young, I really wanted to make the national team as a catcher. I was a catcher. And then I got to know Steph Savoy. <laughs> and then I got to change position because I wanted to make the national team. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh that's yeah. funny that that happened to me when I came up I wanted to play shortstop and I don't know if you've heard of Shea Lilywhite but yeah. Shea Lillywhite was at shortstops and the coaches <laughs> went no you're not going to play shortstop you need to find another position I went oh okay what's available and they went outfield I went
1: uh, okay <laughs> why not <laughs> like, give it a go so yeah when I came into the senior team in Quebec I I met uh, Steph Savoy and I I just saw how, how strong she was and how good she was. So I just decided to change position for a couple of years. <laughs> um, uh, I tried to go at my second position, which is mm-hmm. second base and shortstop. And then I realized that Luch was there, uh, another big part of the national program. So I just started to play everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I think that... It, Back in the times, it was not really known that player could play everywhere. Like the coaches often say, oh, you play uh, shortstop, you're going to stick to shortstop and practice only shortstop. So I think that by having all these E <laughs> for the positions, uh, that make me able to play every position and do it good. Not be the best at every position, but be good at every position. So when I came with the national team and they said, Oh, well, Luch is so much better than you at, at second base. And we're having a catcher, which is very, very good. But we want to have you in the team because I know you can give something good to the team. So uh, by being there, at first I was just there. If someone gets hurt, if uh, someone needs to rest in the outfield, I'm going in the outfield. If someone needs to rest at second base, I'm going. So at first it was my position. And... Then with the years, they start to know me a bit better, and I, I had to, I had the chance to make my place there, to finally get in the middle end field, which is what I'm playing right now.
0: Yeah, well, I was talking to Andre actually the other day, and he said he has so much respect because you've adopted that philosophy of of playing multiple position, positions to give the options for the coaches. So, um, to re- to receive such a tip of the cap from someone like Andre is. I, I, is awesome. Um,
1: so yeah, well, the, the the first goal of being in the national team is to help them to win something. We want to be the best. We want to mm-hmm. be first. So if my team can be first and I'm on the bench, it's gonna be that. And if my team can be first with me in the outfield or in the infield, I'm gonna be there. So it's it's really a, a team a team sport, and I just want the country to be the best as they can. So obviously, yep. I'm gonna play where they're gonna ask me and not make it hard for anyone.
0: We go to the 2016 World Cup. We just missed each other too. I retired after the 2014 World Cup, so we didn't get to play each other, which is devastating. But what's been awesome is 2016 and 2018 have been, a lot of the games have been online. So I had the opportunity to, to watch players like you in a kind of... Having been there so many times, I can immerse myself in that situation. Tell me about that first moment you got the Canadian jersey and you pulled it on for the first time. Because I still remember my first letter and my first everything. How awesome was that knowing I'm off to a World Cup?
1: Oh, it, it was re- very awesome. Uh, I just got in the room and they were like, if you can pick that number, that number or that number, that's what lefts because the others take their number. And I go, OK, I'm going to go with this one. So it was number 10 for my sister's birthday. Uh, so, yeah, I took 10. Then I just look at it and so proud because I know that I've been cut so many times. I know that it's been hard to get through there. And it's my first World Cup and we're going out to Korea. So. That's amazing. I just take that jersey, I look at it, and I'm just amazed by it. And then I I go in the other room and they're like, okay, Daph, so now you need to decide the the stuff that you want. Do you want that jersey? Do you want that T-shirt? Do you want that shirt? This is all yours. And I'm just there with a bag full of the national team gear and I don't know what to do with that.
0: (laughs) I'll take some if you've got any left. You guys always have really good swag. The Canadian team is always so well-dressed. You guys have such good stuff, hence why I'm wearing this jumper. (laughs) Now, I had a look through the scores of that World Cup um, and I look at your World Cup debut, your very first game. You came into pinch hit against Japan. Yeah,
1: I remember that. And it was against
0: Saito. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) talk about World Cup debut against the best pitcher in women's baseball's history. Do you remember the at-bat? Do you remember what you were feeling?
1: I honestly... I was not stressed. I was just feeling good to be there because I remember it was her first game and I was there with all the new rookies by my side. We're looking at the real team playing against Japan and we know that's, that's the matchup that we're going to have to see and that we want to play in one day. So I'm just there, I'm looking at her and I'm just trying to to know the sequence that she's using when she pitches so she's there okay first strike fastball second strike oh curveball okay she's trying to come back with a slider inside maybe uh so i'm just there trying to analyze everything she does and trying to enjoy the moment (laughs) the moment and one time andre just said okay Daph, let's just get your let's just get your legs moving you're gonna go up and i'm like what now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, obviously, it was like six or seven inning. It was late in the game, but I was still surprised that he just put me in. And when I got there, I, I just felt really confident because during all the game, I've been looking through her and through every pitches she's having and the sequences she's doing. So, I just got there and I was like, okay, I think that she might go with this kind of pitch. And actually, the first pitch was exactly what I guessed so then she, di- she did not she did not get in my head with all her good pitches because I saw her all the game. Uh, so, yeah, I was just really happy. And after that first pitch, I just said, OK, so I'm going to stop thinking I'm there because I'm good. I made that team at first. And if he throws me in, it's because he thinks that I can do something now. So just try to put the ball in play and let's see what it goes. So that's. That's what I, happened what I in my head, <laughs> my first at-bat but I was really impressed because that's a heck of a picture.
0: Yeah, she – look, I only faced her once in my life in my World Cup career and I got a walk. So if she's listening, I consider myself – I've won that battle. <laughs> well, I'm lucky I only faced her yeah, once, to be honest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and to be honest, after that headbat Every time I got the chance to play against Japan, I was hoping that Saito was going to be the pitcher and that I'm going to be over. So, yeah, that wasn't the main goal. The yeah, I want to play against her and I want to hit against her. So yep. make, make her know I'm there.
0: <laughs> well, the 2016 World Cup, Canada was amazing. You guys only lost two games and they were both to Japan. And Yeah, you
1: unfortunately.
0: Won. What did you take from that? I mean, you, you, you sort of spent time on the bench, pinch hitting, sort of mixed up, but you... You won a silver in, as a rookie. What did you take away from that World Cup?
1: I took lots of experiences from that World Cup. Uh, during all the tournaments, there has been lots going through my mind. Um, first, I was considering myself very lucky to be there with the best and to be able just to ask them tips. So, A, in that kind of situation, what are you going to do? And to get the tips from the best, that is something amazing and you cannot buy that, like... That was incredible. Um, then I just got really excited to play my first game, like not just to go and pitch hit, but be in defense, do some games and have some some feel. But uh, I did not get to get that often. So, yeah, I was there more to be a replacement, be on the bench, look on what's going on and everything and learn how the national team is working. And at first it was difficult for me to do that. I was enjoying doing that doing that, and being there to cheer, cheer for the team. But I was not really used to be benched. So when I got there at first, I just really wanted to play because I really wanted to help them to win something and to do something. And, yeah, so I remember some games I was a bit sad not playing, but so proud to be in that, in that team. Mm, of course. So the first games, there was a bit of mi- mixed emotion because, like I said, Wearing the Canadian jersey is amazing feeling. You cannot get better than that. But I really wanted to help them, and I felt sometimes useless because I could not do anything to help them to win over a game or something. So this went to my head lots of times, and then I just accept that fact that I'm there to learn and to be with the best and learn from the best. So the second I, I just got that thinking... It was way better, and I could talk with the players, know why they're doing that instead of display, and what's going on to their mind when they're going to hit or when they're going to pitch. And, yeah, then to just go against Japan in the fi- final, we want to beat them, we want to be first, and things that didn't turn out well, but the team has so much character. Like, I remember at one point it was 10-0 or something, and... They're not giving up. They're going back to the bench and say, hey, let's go, girl. Let's go and get her. And they just leave everything on the field. And that's mm. really what I, what I learned from that World Cup is that you cannot, after your game, you cannot go back in the bus and say, I did not give everything I had. So no matter what the score is, you just go out to the field and you give everything, everything. Mm. And... To yeah, to be able to have silver on my first year, it was amazing, and to play with that quality of player as a first year, simply incredible.
0: Mm. And it's so true what you say about leaving everything out in the field. It's one thing that the Canadians. Um, I mean, at, when you're playing against you guys, it's frustrating because you're you're always you're going hard. You're always the dirtiest. I can guarantee you <laughs> the Canadians if there's dirt, that's the
1: first. <laughs>
0: You will find it. You will be the dirtiest team. But you do. You um and we've had some great battles, Australia and Canada. Some we've come out on the good side, some we haven't. <laughs> but that's that's always my lasting memory with Canada is you guys just do not stop. You just absolutely just you go hard in every game. I love I absolutely love it. I wanted to ask a question. Between the 2016 and 2018 World Cup, I, I read something about Andre, you talking about Andre having a chat to you. For those for those listening, if you don't know who Andre LaChance is, you need to know who Andre LaChance is. Um, <laughs> Andre is basically, I mean, he's he's done it all in, for women's baseball in Canada. What he's done for the program, coaching eight World Cups, but not. I think a lot of people see him at a World Cup, standing there coaching uh, the national team. But what he's done to develop the sport for women in Canada is uh, it, uh, it it's needs its own podcast, and and he he will be a guest soon. I guess, first of all, how influential was he on your career? But tell me about the little chat that you had before the 2018
1: World Cup. Uh, So that was a big chat. Um, It was not a pleasant chat, but it it has a chat that has to be done. So there has my first World Cup in 2016. Then 2017, I'm having a great tournament. And then... um, As I said, I had concussion earlier. Um, During winter 2018, beginning of winter, had concussion, was a bit weak. Uh, still wanted to play, so I came back. And I don't think I should have played, but I did play the national championship, even though I was injured. And I just forgot to mention it to the coaches because I wanted to play and I would have known what they would have said. So... Yeah, I just played and I was really bad, like 100% bad. (laughs) And after that training camp, uh, they just came and talked to me and they told me how disappointed they were with my playing, Uh, saying that I'm a young player. I was led by the best players of the countries and I'm there. I have an opportunity to be good and to have my place at shortstop and that I just didn't show up. I wasn't there and that i got beaten by every girl on the team and even the girls who were not on the team so it was really hard for me because i really wanted to make that happen and to be good and i really wanted to look healthy and look good and i did not for a second look good not for a second so to have that talk with uh, I have uh, some of connection with Henry because as I said earlier he's a French Canadian just like, just like I am so he knows that when he has to tell me something he tells it to me and he tells me in a way that I understand it which is French and he's not going to take any detours to tell me what's wrong or what's good so if I do great plays he's going to tell me wow Def, that was awesome you were the best but if I do something bad he's going to tell me i was the worst and I really like that from him because I need people to be honest with me. But I got to say that <laughs> when I got in their office for the selection in 2018 and that they told me I, I was not good enough, that I'm going to be there, but not as starter, like they plan to, but just to be on the bench and be there if something happens. Uh, well, I was happy to make the team because I was so stressed. I would got caught with the, the training camp that I had. And at the same time, I was devastating because I knew it was my chance to have my spot in the enfield and that I didn't took it. So I was happy. I came back at home knowing I was making the team, but I was also crying all the time because <laughs> I made it, but not the way I wanted to make it. So that was a really hard, to- hard talk. Sorry. And... I just made sure that during all summer uh, I was getting ready to be in the World Cup. And when I say ready to be in the World Cup, I was not talking physically. I was just talking mentally. And to make sure that if I go there and I have a bad performance, just not let this happen. Uh, Just not let this uh, hurt my game, if I can say, or make me a a bad player. And, yeah, so it was a really, really big talk. It was a hard summer for me, yeah. the first part of what 2018. Was
0: the, what was the time from period from when you were, you had that talk and you were told you are in the team? How much time did you have to work on your game, your mental game, before the World Cup?
1: I had about a month. Wow. Yeah, so, as I said, I was very happy to make the team, but so devastating because that year I remember I was training so hard. I was going for that spot at shortstop, nothing else, not second base, not outfield, just being there as a shortstop. And to get the coach telling you that you're not good enough for that when you've been training for years and years for that spot, knowing that it's open, it was hard to get and hard to hear.
0: So you went to the world cup first game against Cuba. Yeah. it, you came up clutch, you put Canada ahead in the bottom of the fifth um, and, and Canada goes on to win that game
1: 10-7. Yeah, um, I remember.
0: You remember that game? Is that was How how much did you want to prove yourself that game?
1: A hundred percent. We've been there a couple of days before training and being on the field with the team. And I was just training a bit at shortstop, a bit at second base, a bit on the bench and just going around with every position. And I know I was not starting the game. I couldn't help myself. I really wanted to be the starter at that game, but I knew I, I didn't have my place. And when that when that game started, I was on the bench with the girls. It was fine. I was trying for everyone. And then I remember in the fifth, uh, Andrew came to talk to me and said, you told me that you deserve to be on the field. So now just prove me you deserve to be there. It's your chance. You do it now. And I remember just being a bit, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm going to show you. And I just went, but he knows I'm competitive. He knows he can tell me everything's like that. If you just tell me, oh, go, it's your turn. I won't be the best. But if he goes and give that little (laughs) thing, I'm going to go and be more than than good for him just to prove him wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you did. I remember going to third base because my first head bat was a triple, and he was coaching at triple at at third base, and he was like, "Okay, you got it." <laughs> I was like, "Thank you <laughs>
0: Well, Canada goes on to win that game, and then the next game you faced. Japan, again.
1: Yeah, we did. Just and Sato.
0: Yes. Just like it feels like every day they roll her out. They roll out Ayumi Sato again. Every time. <laughs> uh, every, every day. I think there's five of them. <laughs> she pitches six innings. You go two for three off her, including a towering double. Yep. You guys you guys lose 2-1, which 2-1 loss against Japan, I think it's one of the closest that we've had one of the best games I think that they've that um any team's had against them is that a game where you as a player as an individual you talk about proving yourself was that the game you kind of went yeah no I belong I actually I, I belong here and I, I've just done that against Saito um how did you yeah how did you take that game
1: Well, I think it's not my place to say if I belong on the field or I don't. I think it's the coach's place. But I'm going to take every moment that I can to prove that I can be there. And, you know, the national team, we're having so many good players. Like, there's not one player that is better than the other. We're just... All good so it's hard for me to say I deserve my place more than that people more than that person or I don't because they're so good so yeah when I got to that game and I just got the chance to play again I was just trying to enjoy the moment I'm not this I'm not it's not uh, me that decide who's gonna play tonight who's gonna pitch tonight who's gonna hit I have nothing to do with that but what I can control is my game so when I got the clue I was playing that's the only thing i was trying to control what's going on with my game so if my game is perfect if i'm playing good if my defense my offense and everything's going well how are going to be are they going to be able to put me on the bench that's what i'm trying to produce every time i play so if i go there and i have a almost perfect game what's going to take them from taking me out of the field to make me on the bench so that's That's just how I approach the game and how I approach every game. So if I'm there, I'm going to just prove them that I deserve to be there. Uh, And yeah, I was just trying to stay focused. And I was glad to play against Japan for that game because I've been watching them a lot. I've been home watching games. I've been watching Sato. And I was just glad to finally uh, hit against her. Uh, it has been two years, so when I saw she was pitching, I just got a bit more intense than I usually do because I really wanted to hit against her. That's the best team in the world right now. That's the best player and uh, that's the best pitcher in the world right now. So if I can do something great now, I can do something great for all tournaments.
0: Now, Canada went on to only lose three games for the rest of the of the World Cup. You lost to Japan, to Chinese Taipei, who... Ended up obviously playing for for, uh, gold against Japan in the gold medal final. Um, And then you lost to the USA, which set you up for a bronze medal final against the USA. Yeah. Before we go into that, I want to ask you, USA-Canada rivalry. How big is it? How how much... Like USA, Canada, in in all sports, there seems to be a a big rivalry there. What's it like for for women's baseball when USA plays Canada?
1: Well, apparently it's a big deal, but I did not feel like it. Um, Well, everyone was so pumped to play against the US for the bronze medal and to play on uh, their home field and to actually beat them at their home field. Everyone was feeling that and getting really emotionally involved with that. But... For me, the biggest rivalry we can have is against Japan. Like, mm. I know that the core of the team, they're having a great uh, competition going on with USA, and that's very good. But uh, in my heart, personally, uh, the greatest rivalry is against Japan because that's the spot that we're trying to take off. So I'm just putting all my energy into this way and if we can have a close game against japan or against any other team we can surely beat usa
0: now this bronze medal game in 2018 i think i've watched it about five times it's (laughs) funny i was thinking back to my career and i was thinking back to the eight world cups the bronze medal game is always an absolute cracker like two years before venezuela upset chinese taipei Um, 2014, my last world cup, we beat you guys. Sorry to bring that up. It's hard. (laughs) We, we started that game at one stadium. I think we played two or three innings and there was a rain delay for two hours. Then we got in a bus and drove an hour and had to play the game at another stadium. (laughs) We had an absolutely epic loss, unfortunately, against the U S in 2008, like the bronze medal. They're just always this amazing game. You can see two teams just fighting for that medal. And that is what happened here. We have they got you five one in the regular round. They beat yep. you, um, and then we hit this this game, and it was a, such a cracking game. They took a, they took the lead early. Um, they were up two 0 and then this is where the game absolutely it's it's hardly a bigger moment in World Cup history in my in my opinion. It's there's one out. It's the top of the fifth. Canada's down 0-2 and you come up with two runners on. What do you remember walking up to that walking up to the plate in that moment? What were you thinking? What were you trying to do? What was your goal?
1: I just wanted to move my runners. So, I know that the lineup is strong. The player beside me is a good one. So, if I do move the runners for one base, I'm happy with that because I know that the player right behind me is going to make them move home. And it might be 2-1, 2-2, I don't know. But I'm just trying to make them move. Um, so that's the first thing I think when I go to hit. And then just having a couple of foul uh, against the pitcher. Uh, one big foul ball, then a ball. And, yeah, I just know that I can hit. And I'm just trying to be focused on what she's going to pitch And the count was uh, three and two, I think, or two and two. And I'm just trying to think. I gotta protect the zone. I don't want to be out for nothing. I don't want to get a strike out right now. All I need to do is put the ball in play. If it's a weak grounder, the player gets to advance. If it's a hard drive, it the player gets to advance. So that's the only thing I want to do. If the ball comes to me, just put my body in front. Go first base. So I'm really just trying to make my team move up with the players on the ba- on the bases yeah. and when I just saw that pitch coming which I exactly knew I know exactly what kind of pitch I like when I hit and that's exactly what she threw me and I just I just went all for it and I don't know nor- normally I just don't go all for a pitch when I have two strikes I just go for a small swing to make sure I do something but it was just my pitch, so I went all in and finally got the result, and it was good.
0: And you you put it out, you hit it yeah. well over right field, absolutely launched it for a home run. It puts <laughs> Canada up three two. The celebrations was it was just your face going around the bases was just every person's dream. Like that would be my dream to do that at at, at any level. Um, but you were batting two. Correct me if I'm wrong. You were second in the lineup. Yep. Number two, not renowned to have power, but here you are putting it <laughs> out. Is that something that you had worked on in the World Cup? Is it, Or is it just you saw that pitch and you just saw the adrenaline?
1: I just saw that pitch. And <laughs> to be honest, I think the last time I had a homer was when I was 14 years old. <laughs> like, it just doesn't happen. I think I'm the kind of player that is has consistency and that hit contacts. So I like better to go for a small contact that makes player move or that gets me for a single than going for a big smash or get out because I try too hard. So I don't want to try too hard when I go to hit. I just want to put the ball in play, make thing happens. But uh, I I don't know. I just went all in for that one.
0: <laughs> well, you put that one out of play, which is just, that's epic. Now, somebody told me, and it's Andre, told me to ask you, Where was your dad when you hit that home run?
1: (laughs) Okay, that's the best question. So um, (laughs) as you know, my family is in Quebec City. Um, My dad took uh, vacancy to come and see the World Cup uh, in Florida. So um, (laughs) he came for the World Cup, uh, the Super Round only. So he's super proud. He's wearing his jersey every game. Most proud dad ever. (laughs) and my dad is also an athlete so he has this competition that he wants to do in Quebec City which is running uh, 50 kilometers and trails so he he talked to me about that and he's like well I have that competition I really want to do just for myself to feel good that trail I never had that I really want to do it but it's one day after the World Cup and you know, I would need to sleep and everything. So do you mind if I miss the last game? And in my head, what I'm telling him is, I don't mind. Anyway, I'm not playing. So I'm super happy you're going to be there. Uh, we had that conversation a couple of weeks before the World Cup. So I'm like, yeah, I'm super happy you're going to be there. But honestly, dad, I'm not going to play a lot. So if you want to stay in Quebec City, have good times at home. I totally understand. All the games are streamed. You can watch at home anytime. And he insists he really wanted to be there. So I said, okay, well, come to the World Cup, no problem. But when you have to leave for your 50 kilometers trail, you have to leave and that's fine. So uh, it was in the third inning. He was there one, two, three, third inning. He's like, hey, Daph, I got to go. Bye. I love you. Good game. You're very good. Uh, You're going to win that And he just left and (laughs) he was in the car going to the airport (gasps) and he was listening to the game on the radio and then he just stopped the car (laughs) and he was like, what? What? I've been there the whole week for that moment and now I'm in the car. (laughs) And he literally started to hate himself for that moment. And I'm sure if you would see him right now, he's going to say that he was one of the biggest mistakes he made in the last 10 years. (laughs) So, yeah, he was there, but not for that moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's heartbreaking. Oh, that's,
1: that's all right. You can watch it. At, at least you saw it on the video, so it's okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. You, you put Canada up 3 2 in that fifth inning. Um, now, USA levels at 3 0 in the seventh. So we're going to extra innings. That extra innings rule they introduced, I think it was 2012 we first did it, um, putting a runner on first and second. So scoreless in the eighth and the ninth, but USA had bases loaded in both yeah. those innings. And it's how you guys held on. I was nervous watching it.
1: Honestly, I have no clue. I just remember one time at I'm at the shortstop and that extra inning, there's Ash at the... The third base, and there's Emma Carr and the outfield, and there's that fly ball, but not really mm. fly ball, right between the three of us. And Ash is jumping, I'm jumping, and all I see looking to my le- uh, to my right is the ball on the ground. But I know there's a run on third base, and that's the winning run. So I'm just there on the floor thinking, "Okay, I lost. What? What happened? I I just lost." And that's when I heard everyone screaming. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm not losing, or they're excited they won. What's happening? And that's just Emma Carr doing a laser at home plate and getting that girl out. So I'm like, oh yeah, we're still alive. That game is for us. <laughs> so that's that's just everything that that team did this night. Like it's not one play or two play. It's just the consistency we had every evening, uh, uh, every innings.
0: Mm, it was ten, 10 innings. So we went to the 10th um, yeah. and then it was three, still 3-all three and then you came up and you hit the single that opens the floodgates. So you knock yep. them ahead 6-5. Canada goes on piles on five and then the USA can only respond with two. I think they had bases loaded again, at least two on to end the game. Um, it was one of the – I reckon easily one of the top five games that's been played at the World Cup. I think it was just absolutely amazing um, – as i said i've watched it more than once it's an amazing game you guys went absolutely nuts rightly so when you when you won that bronze what was that like
1: it was absolutely incredible like i would have dreamed of that moment my whole life thinking it would never happen and to actually be there with that team and to be able to beat usc at home it was incredible um and you know extra innings always feels exciting but you don't want to lose any extra innings. You've been so far in the game. You just want to crush it and go home with that middle. And, you know, with all the plays that I've been, uh, the one that I talk uh, in the outfield, thinking you lose, then you come back, oh, you're still alive. You get, you still got a chance at them. And then, I don't know, it, it was just so amazing to be able to play that game. And even today, I'm still watching that game sometimes and, you know, I get all shaky and emotionally involved <laughs> and it's just amazing that I could have played that game with all these players and it was last game that Ash played, last game that uh, Kate Soda played. So to be able to share that moment with these so good player it was really incredible knowing that there was their last game, that they're going all in for their last championship, for their last World Cup, and to be able to actually help them to get that medal, it was amazing.
0: But yeah, t- t- tell me about uh, Kate, so Kate Persoda and Ashley Stevenson for for those that are listening. Um, I had the privilege of playing against them at six World Cups, the first six World Cups. And Kate, I was Kate was a, a teammate and a rival when she lived here in uh, <laughs> in Melbourne. So I played on a state team with her and won a nationals. And she, um, yeah, faced up against her in, in club ball here quite a number of times. And those two players were we talk about going hard, getting dirty. Just they are the two players you don't want to play, but they're the two first that you pick in your lineup. What what was that like playing with those two players?
1: The first time I played with Ash was very special for me because when I was a very young little girl, um, we had some programs that once in a summer, uh, some national team players come to a field and you get invited to go. Like It's open for every young woman that play and you're just there invited to meet two players of the national team and actually the player I got to meet was Ash and (laughs) I remember she signed me an autograph on that small card of her wearing that jersey and I just always had that card on my blackboard at home and when I got selected the first time and I played with her I was like okay and I'm playing with the girl that's on my on my board right now (laughs) that was completely (laughs) amazing and I just always saw Ash and Kate as such a strong player but such good human beings like they're really awesome on the field they give everything they have but they're the same thing when they're out of the field like i can ask anything to ash i can ask anything to kate i can talk to them i can ask them tip they're always going to be there and they make us feel like they're there for us so mm. you're talking about leaders you're talking about People who's there with heart, but for all the team, not just for them. And I always think about these two. So to be able to share the field with them and actually play with them, and then win a medal with with them, and to have that kind of game for the last World Games, because you know there had a lots of game in the World Cups, but to be able to finish like that for them, I think that's that's huge. That's amazing. And mm. now we get them and the coaching staff, and we cannot ask better for that, because we're getting every tips that we would like. They're there for us, and they know exactly what the programs need to be uh, to continue and to be forward. So yeah, that's really special.
0: It's fairy tale to finish like that, and to then be able to walk straight into a coaching role. It's it's amazing. But um, you 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 do you lose all that experience, but as you said, you gain it to the coaching staff. But one of the things that stands out for me for Canada is I think you had seven teenagers on that team, seven teenagers and you won bronze. I mean, you're old, you're an old lady at 22.
1: Oh yeah. Um. Heck I'm old.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so exciting for, You've got, you're a bronze medal team and you have seven teenagers. Like, where where do you really believe the Canadian team can go? Like, well, whenever this 2021 World Cup is held?
1: Oh, they're going to be first. I'm, I, I don't want to steal the punch, but they're going to be first for sure. Um, Shruti was pitching in the final. She was doing amazing. She was only 16. And we had lots of young players playing that uh, during the World Cup. And... You know, right now, if I picture myself at the national team, I'm by far the oldest or so. Well, there is Ace who's always there and she's going to stay there. She's perfect where she is. Um, But if I think about the ages, like they're 16, 17, 18, ish, 19, 20. But that team's going to be good. Like they're very, very good players, they're devoted. They want to be the best, they want to be better, they want to get better. And they're taking everything that people feed them. So if as is saying this, they're going to take this and they want to be the best in the world and be able one day to beat Japan. So I think that if they can get that experience that they don't have right now because they're so young, so yeah, if they can get that experience from Kels, from Shrudi, from all the young players that were were there in the 2018 World Cup, and that they can learn from that and get experience by, the, by themselves, I am afraid for you guys that in a couple of years, it's going to be hard to beat us.
0: <laughs> it's been hard to beat you for a few. I don't think we've beaten you for a few World Cups as it is. And now you're telling me you're getting better. So it's... It is.
1: Uh, I'm so excited for the program. Like, it's growing up so much big, bigger and the players are so good. Like, I can't wait to see them at 24, 25, 26. They're going to kick everything.
0: What about you? What about Daphne Jelena? Where do you – how do you make sure that you're in that team for the next World Cup?
1: Um, I've been training hard for that. Um you know, with, uh, I don't know if you heard of that, but then, uh, 2019, I took a year off for me. I had some, uh, personal things to deal with and it was a hard, hard year for me. Um, but 2020, I came back, then COVID hits, uh. I make sure that I can still be there, so I'm training as hard as I can. I'm going to the gym. Well, it's closed, but I made my home here in my house, so I'm training hard. I'm going to hit, even though it's minus two outside. Um, I'm just doing everything it takes to make sure I go back in that t- in that team, and. I think it's important to me to go back because first I like to play. I think I can still play for the national team, but I also want to be there for the younger players. So I know that I don't speak English as well as they do. And sometimes I get difficulties to tell them what I want, but if I can just give them a part of my experiences that I had and just be there with them and make sure that the team grows harder and harder. And yeah, so... As of right now, I'm training hard for that. I want to be in the team. Uh, I know I'm going to be hold for the team, but uh, I really want to be there and add my experience to the team and make sure that we don't miss anything on the next World Cup.
0: Mm. And, and look, it sounds like you're putting in so much work for you. So you're a physiotherapist and you have a part-time job. You're doing a lot of coaching. How – I know it's the same for a lot of particularly women's baseballers but female sports athletes. How hard is all – trying to find and then hey you've got to have a life as well (laughs) how hard is (laughs) that
1: um I think it depends on the way you look at it like it can be really hard but for me it doesn't look like sacrifices so getting up at five in the morning to do my training before going to school or going to work it's not sacrifice it's just part of the process to be in that team um so yeah I think that every girl on the team and I'm pretty sure it's the same, team in Austral- the same thing in Australia, but every girl that wants to play a high level but is not recognized high level, you have to do school, you have to work, you have to train, you have to do everything, but there's only 24 hours in a day. So, yeah, my thing is to train in the morning. Uh, I just got used to, woke up really early to do that. And then... Every time I have, I take it. So if, for example, uh, I'm training this morning, I'm working all day and I have off time tonight. Well, what my off time is going to be like to either improve me? Is it just rest at home and do nothing because my body is sore? I have to listen to that. And when I was a younger player, I did not listen to that kind of things (laughs) I learned but uh, yeah it's hard to manage (laughs) with everything but I think that you can train five six times per week get your baseball get your strength but you still got to take a a couple days off just to make sure your body's there mentally you're there because if you just walk in like a robot every morning to go training you're not going to be efficiency and like I'm not taking every day to go to training, but when I'm there, I'm there 100%. So it, it happened a couple weeks that I can go train only two times in the week, but when I'm there the two time, I'm there at 200% and I'm giving everything I have. It's not always been easy when I had the, the, now I'm working, I have a job, so I don't have to worry about school. But I think that it's just to learn how you can get better with the time you add. So I remember a couple of times just being there doing bike just to get my legs uh, warmed up and having my school cards and uh, reading, reading, reading while doing the bike just because I didn't have time to do it, but I need to do both.
0: <laughs> Obviously still training. I, are you still coaching? I, I did read that you've um, done a lot of work. You were named the honorary president of the Women's Mosquito Tournament. I think that sounds like the best title ever. Um, (laughs) what is the mosquito tournament and how much do you give back give want to give back now you talk about being influenced by people like ashley when you were a kid um are you hoping to inspire that next generation yourself
1: uh yeah i think it's really important to be there for the next generation and i consider myself very lucky because when i was younger uh, vanessa riopelle was calling me and saying hey i'm gonna go to practice do you want to come with me And heck, yes, I want to come with you. It's not a question. (laughs) I'm going to be there. And I remember being at the field the first time with Steph Savoy. And she's there and just telling me, hey, Daph, next time when you do a blog, try to do it like that. And I hear that and I remember that. So it's not just a tip that comes in and go out. I just take everything they gave me. And I was lucky to have such leaders as they are because they're so accessible. And I just want to make sure that I do the same thing for the others. So last summer I was coaching a a girls team. I was not the head coach. I was assistant because I was still playing. And I think that being head coach is lots and lots when you're currently playing. So I was there as assistant uh, to help the girls. Uh, We really progressed as a team. Uh, Their game is getting better this year. I cannot be there, unfortunately, because with uh, my team in Quebec plus Team Quebec, that's a lot. Um, But um, I just make sure to be there. I'm coaching the individually players. So there's a couple players around the city that I'm coaching one-to-one. And I just like to get in touch with the players. So sometimes I'm not just coaching. I just text them and I'm like, I'm going to hit. You want to come? You join in. And sometimes they're just there and we hit together. It doesn't matter if you're starting to play baseball and you're 17 or if you're the national team for 10 years. So I'm just playing with them and having moments with them. So I get better because I I go to get practice with them, and they get better because they can see some tips that I might do in my playing or things like that. And, yeah, I think it's important to be accessible. And this year with the Quebec's team, it's a young team, and I'm very old for that team.
0: I wish I was your age still.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know, so holding. But uh, yeah, I'm very old for the team, but I really want to be there, yes, to play and to be good. But if I can just show one thing to one person, that's going to be a win for me. And right now, there's Alexandre Fournier, who's a shortstop with Team Quebec. She's pushing for the national team. She's there, but she's so good and she's going to get better. So if I can just be there with her, play shortstop together, and give her one or two advice about the game and how I felt during that World Cup, well, that's something good. So that's just... I, I, I just want to make sure that the younger me, the older... We're just all in the same group. So it's not just, oh, I'm looking at the older or I'm looking at the younger and I don't care about them. So I think it it should go both ways. So if the young player has a question, well, feel free to come and ask me. And if if I have a question for you, I'm going to feel free to go. So I just want to build that kind of relationship because I was fortunate enough to have that with Van and Steph. So I want to make sure that every girl can have that too.
0: Well, it's it's Canada definitely in great hands. I mean, as I said, you said, you talked about Ash and Kate and what you're doing, and if you guys you're young and you're getting better, it's it's scary. It really is, but it's, <laughs> it's awesome. Look, I'm I'm glad I'm not on the field anymore, so I don't have to get beaten <laughs> by you guys. I'm hoping Australia comes back, but no, it, it, it's so great to watch things like that. Like when you see the rise of a Chinese Taipei, and and we we see that Venezuela is really competing every year as well, and we hope that someone, total respect to Japan, but at the same time, we still want to see someone knock them off. Um, do you think it's going to be Canada?
1: Yeah, I think. I really think we can do that. Um, Japan has such a strong team. They're good. They've been good for years and years and years. And I think that we can cause a bit of surprise because we get on the field, we have less of rookie. Japan doesn't know the rookies. Mm-hmm. We all know Japan. We know everyone. Like, if you're going to hit against Sato, you're going to know every pitch she has. If we're sending someone new, you have no clue what you're going to do against her. And our younger player, they're so strong and confident. So I, I would not be scary next year going in the World Cup and sending the 16-year-old girl that has never played in the World Cup pitching against Japan, and I'm pretty sure that she could beat them and that the whole team could beat them because they're good. They're there as a group, as a family. They know the level they has to, they, they need to have when, when they're getting on the field, and they know what Japan are like. So, yeah, I think that we can cause a surprise. As of right now, I don't know if there's any other team, national programs that are as young as we are and as developing as we are. So I really think that we can come by behind and just cause the the surprise and knock at the door of Japan.
0: Well, we've got a lot of genius coming through too. We just had a showcase here and there was some really just yeah, it was well, really if good it's science. Not us, here. It can't be
1: you, but I just think that <laughs> Japan Japan is getting older. They're good, but they're getting older. And we know how they play. They played like that for yep. ten years. So I just think that one day, yes, they're playing smarter, but we're gonna play smarter and harder and we're gonna be able to beat them. And you know, I think it's just a matter of one game. Like, either mm. it's us, it's us, it's you. one team beats Japan and whoop they're accessible. everyone can mm. beat them like now it's uh, now it seems like we, no one can beat them because they hasn't lost and I, I don't know how many World Cup but as I think as the moment as they're gonna have one one loss it's gonna be easier to get lost and lost uh, at, at their scoreboard.
0: Yeah, and, and as we all say, it's got we we've got nothing but the utmost respect for Japan. It's got nothing that we want to see them lose. But I think that it's a gr- it's a good thing for women's baseball. Yeah, if we can, because it means that I think the rest of the world is really trying to elevate to try and be to that level. So if we get to that point where where someone or more teams are beating them, I think women's baseball around the world is only stronger, and I think that's a great it's a great thing.
1: Yeah, sure. And I'm pretty happy that Japan would be excited to just go in the World Cup and actually be shaking because they don't know if they're going to win or not because they're so good. They're excellent. But I think they're going to be happy to actually be on the field and say, I have no clue if I'm going to win tonight. No clue because they're as good as we are. So when the women's baseball gets to that level, it's going to be incredible to watch all these games.
0: It will be, and I, it will, it will get there. You can see it's, you can see it's getting there. And I think yeah. when it, when all the countries put, uh, put it together, I think it's going to be amazing. You and I could talk about this all day, every day. I just wanted to say thank you for joining me today. I, um, it was really great. As I said, I didn't have the opportunity to physically play against you, um, but I've been. I feel like I, I know you and so many of other players because I've been able to watch you online and watch you hit bombs. <laughs>
1: Well thank you thank you for, thank you for having me on the show. It was really very a pleasure to talk with you and I'm honored that I was your picked and, and your podcast so thanks again for that.
0: <laughs> thanks for tuning in for today's episode of women's baseball The Inside Pitch. Make sure to check the show notes below for links to some of the things we've discussed and mentioned in this episode. We would also love it if you could subscribe to the show and leave us a review. And if you have some time, throw us some love over on social media at Women's Baseball, The Inside Pitch. Catch you next time.